Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Nicole Subar. Nicole is on the show today talking about how a little number goes a long way based on my devotional, A Little Goes a Long Way, 52 Days to a Significant Life. Nicole has written Numbering Our Days, and she's on the show encouraging us to move out of maintenance mode and away from the spiral of anxiety and into a life lived with intention. Anxiety doesn't have to define you. It can be what brings you back to Jesus, living a life that brings Him glory and points others to Him. This episode will help you to take action to combat anxiety and start living intentionally one moment at a time, because small moments, day by day, add up to an intentional life. Hello, Nicole, and welcome to the Love Offering Podcast. I'm so happy to have you. Hello, I'm happy to be here. Thanks. So today's conversation is all about how a little number goes a long way. Based on my devotional, a little goes a long way, 52 days to a significant life. And you've written numbering our days, combating anxiety and the power of small intentional moments. So already I know listeners are like, now we, we know why Nicole is here. Well, there's such a, a kindred heart to our, our messages. And I'm just so happy to have you share uh, today. So I guess, is it safe to assume that you have struggled with anxiety yourself? Yes, you would be safe to assume that. <laughs> I would say, um, in fact, three decades of anxiety. Um, my first memories go back to third grade when I worried so much that I gave myself ulcers. Um, and at the time, I, my parents, my family members, even my teachers would comment on how much I would worry about things. And they would say, oh, well, you don't have to worry about it because Nicole's already worried about it for you. I was like concerned about the ozone layer disappearing and burning us all up like long before it was a thing that other people cared about. Um, I just, yeah, for three decades had worried and had anxiety and did not even have a place for it to land, even have a name for it really. So as you reflect on the last three decades, where do you think the root stemmed from? Or do you think it was just kind of your natural tendency? I think that, yeah, there is a part of that's that natural tendency. I call it, there's, there's two parts. And I was going to speak on this later too, but there's like an imbalance, not only in our souls, for all of us, we're all sinful creatures. There's that imbalance that we need to find in Jesus. But there's also for some of us who have a mental illness, there's also an imbalance in our bodies and in our minds and mine just manifested really early in life. And I think the fact that like I grew up in the nineties, it was not necessarily mental health was not big on people's radar. Um, mostly it was just told, Hey, don't worry about it. Uh, stop worrying. And then in later years, being a Christian, like it became shameful for me to have to keep worrying because so much told us otherwise. So why do you think so many struggle with anxiety? Yeah, especially when we're looking at today, I feel like there's actually several different factors. <clears throat> For one, I think just mentally with the use of technology, we are so connected more than ever. But on the flip side, we're actually more disconnected. Um, it's kind of a converse thing to have at the same time. Like we at any time can get the news that we want. We can find out things across the world, but at the same time, we are not even connected to the person that lives across the street from us. 
And God has created us to be people of community, not necessarily just an online community, but community with like bodies <laughs> of people that we can hug and we can look in the eye. And I think that that mentally, that isolation that we have created, especially in these last few years, that has created this uptick of anxiety and the depression that may come with it. Um, physically, we are large part of this world, we no longer have to fight every day for survival. So society, we no longer have to like focus on day-to-day -day survival. So we have less time spent on that and more time on acquiring and hoarding. And the more things you have, the more things you are concerned about. And we just live so such individualistic lives. And like I had said earlier, we're like just separated emotionally and from other people. Um, and then I think spiritually, I recently came across a study that said that the average Christian has five hours of leisure time a day, but spends eight minutes in prayer and devotion. And I think like me, the first part is like leisure. I don't have five hours of leisure, but then you start adding up how long you're scrolling on a phone or watching Netflix or just even like any of the recreation time that you have, like those hours add up, but yet so short amount of time is actually spent with Jesus. So I think a large reason for anxiety is that we're not spending time with the Prince of Peace. Hmm. Whoa. I, gosh, that is such powerful thought. And I think really a convicting thought um, yes. for me uh, personally. <laughs> and I imagine for all those that are listening as well. So I guess the question is, so we've addressed that there is anxiety present. This is a real issue that so many of us are facing. So how can we move out of maintenance mode and away from this spiral of anxiety into a life lived with intention. Now, I know you're not supposed to answer a question with the same words, but <laughs> <laughs> there's no rules. It's okay. Yes, yeah. like, how do you live a life with intention? And like, uh, actually it's about being intentional. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there's we can't answer. just, yes, we can't just <laughs> let life sweep us along. We have to be purposeful with our words and actions. So it's taking our feelings captive not just allowing them to dictate what we do or not do and taking our thoughts captive, not always just believing what we think. So maintenance mode is going the easy route, just following our feelings. Like, what do I want to eat? When do I want to sleep? What, you know, what do we do with our free time? How do we react to others? So the spiral of anxiety happens when we don't take our thoughts captive and then believe every thought that comes into our head. So we're just going, yeah, going along with life versus being purposeful with the moments that we have. Okay. So let's, let's even mind that down even further and get really practical. So what are some yeah. practical tips that you've discovered to take action to combat anxiety? Cause anxiety, it, it will rear its ugly head, right? So how do we, yes. how do we take action against it? Yeah. Anxiety is a real thing. I mean, I've, I don't have to tell anybody that, um, not only just for those who have a mental illness diagnosis of it. So I received a diagnosis finally at the age of 36 when I kind of hit a low point of suicidal thoughts and depression. And it scared me. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> um, and at that point I received a diagnosis of general anxiety disorder and started seeing a doctor and counseling and working through things. And one of the things I just found in my daily life of trying to move past um, this wall of anxiety was to be purposeful each day. So 
when you're when you're in the middle of a high anxiety panic attack, you have to look at these small moments in front of you instead of a whole day because a whole day just feels too overwhelming. And really, you start to think like, what's the point? And so then you start having these dark thoughts of like, what's the point? Why do I even have to be here? What's you know, am I even needed? We don't want to go that far. So we just start looking at these small moments. And so I broke it down even further into seven different areas of life. And so just even in that moment, I would be like, okay, which part of these um, factors do I need to be focusing on right now? And so the seven different areas are heart, thoughts, relationships, home, time, money, and health. And so I would classify my moment into one of those and then think through, okay, in this moment, how can I turn this back over to Jesus? How can this turn this into something that has an eternal focus versus this, this temporal life right here that's causing me this anxiety? Do you have, I mean, obviously you have the book, but do you have like a like a, a resource to where it's like, these are mapped out and we can like write down and, or like to how to put, put it into those categories. Like truly, cause I'm just thinking about everybody listening. Like, okay, I have this, this moment, this source of anxiety and how, how do, how do I, how do I do that? Um, okay. Yeah. You know, like I need a pen and paper. I'm a pen and paper girl. <laughs> yes. Um, I write all about it on my website at livewithintent.org. Um, I blog about it every week. I also have some free resources that are downloaded that have to do with these different parts. And then largely that is my book, um, is those seven different areas. And there's the seven different chapters and each one has different devotions to focus on each day, prayers, and some thought prompts that go along with it. Beautiful. Okay. So we're going to include all those show notes um, on my website, and then I'll, I'll be sure to direct everybody to that on every listening platform, all those resources, because I know everybody's going to want to put these uh, tools to practice. So, you know, we've, we've talked about scripture. We've talked about Jesus. What does the Bible have to say about anxiety? <laughs> well, for years, I would trip over scripture that would tell me not to worry. Like an, a big one, I think that everyone can come to mind is cast all your anxiety on him for he cares for you. First Peter five, seven for a long time, I saw that as a command. And so it was a command that I could not keep I, this. I like, well, I kept trying to cast it back on him, but it just would not leave. So I kept failing over and over and again. And no matter how hard, no matter how hard I tried, but I began to see that God offers us solace in those verses versus a command. It's him coming alongside us and reminding us that we don't have to worry because he would like to take it on for us. So casting your cares in those, in the way that is written, it is to roll over on. So we're not throwing, because if we think about anxiety, it can be, it's in some ways so heavy, we can't, there's no way we can lift it, but it's something, if you think is you have something that's so heavy, there's no way you can lift it and cast it, but you can lean against it and roll it over <laughs> onto something. So this is the way that Jesus is just coming alongside us and saying, Hey, just roll it over onto me. Um, I think the root of anxiety is a sin when it comes to the fact that we are not trusting in God. And I think that often can be a misinterpretation. And it can lead to a lot of shame when it, in Christian circles, when we think about 
these verses that tell us not to worry. And then we do, and then we can't seem to get rid of it because we're stuck in these uh, psych cycles of thought <laughs> and realizing that if we are, for those who are struggling in high anxiety and with panic attacks, we can be in a state where we are fully trusting in God. But yet, like I had said earlier, there's this imbalance in our mind as well as our soul. And so there are other factors that come into play that we can still be fully trusting in God, but then still struggle with anxiety. So I think it's always key. And that's why one of my areas of intention is the heart is to start there and to make sure you are fully trusting in Jesus and you have cast and you've rolled over the anxiety you can. And then those additional things are then addressed in other areas. So you say that anxiety doesn't have to define you. It can be what brings you back to Jesus, living a life that brings him glory and points others to him. So I'd love to hear how, how so, how have you found this to be true? A life, I could have a life crippled by panic attacks, never leaving my house, never going to new places or meeting new people and always seeking to be in control of all the situations. Or I can see anxiety as that thorn in my side, like that Paul talks about reminding me that in my weakness, he is stronger. I can bring glory to God with this diagnosis of general anxiety disorder because anxiety tries to take me down, but God is stronger. So it is something that every day it's bringing me back to the cross. Every day me, me coming back to the cross and saying, I cannot take care of this myself, rolling it back over to Jesus and glorifying in his strength because of my weakness. I'm just thinking about Nicole three decades ago, <laughs> and, and I'm thinking about just things going on in our current society as we're recording this. And I'm thinking about me as a mother um, and my children and every woman listening that has children. Mm-hmm. And so I guess my question for you is, what do you wish that you would have known three decades ago? You know, as, as you're, you know, what would you have told young Nicole or what would you, what do you tell your, your own children? Like, how do we, what do you wish that you would have known to help, to help almost ease and not get you to the place that you were, um, in your, in your late thirties? Do you know what I'm trying to, to say in that question? Yeah. I, I think a, also a part of it was when I was younger and then it stayed ingrained in me, probably because I never gave it voice to someone to help root it out. But I also believe that part of it was my control. Like there was part of it that I had to be doing. I had to be doing better. And so there's this performance treadmill that I would get stuck on. So yeah, I've had people ask me this before too. And just the thought of like telling a younger Nicole that none of this is up to me and that it might be just be, it's not going to be a one and done. I can't just give up all my worry and then move on. And it's not about a success in that way. It's again, it's just like each moment choosing to be purposeful with, okay, did the worry come back to those thoughts come back? Okay. Here's this moment where you need to be intentional and giving it back over to him. Um, I have a daughter who also struggles with quite a bit of anxiety. It breaks my heart to see it. Um, in her, when I think that like, I also had it at one point in time and I had been so 
intentional with trying not to pass these things on to my children um, and yet to see it in her. Um, and so we, those, that's one of the things that I remind her that it is not up to her. Um, I just, he just asks for our faithfulness. And so it's just each moment being true to that. And then I give her something that I have found to be very useful in these last few years is to have a breath prayer of some sort to go back to. Um, it can be several different ones, but generally a breath prayer is like one, one phrase as you breathe in and one phrase as you breathe out. And I always encourage it to be something that comes from scripture because tr- breathing in and out truth is just the best route to go. <laughs> so that is, that's one of the things I would, oh, if I would have known that many years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, cause you know, you, you mentioned when you were growing up, how people would just say, well, don't worry, Nicole, you know? mm. <laughs> just don't worry. Yes. And you're like, well, okay, I get that. I don't want to worry either, but that's not helpful. And so no, I'm just thinking about, you know, maybe those listening that they don't maybe struggle with anxiety or, mm-hmm. or, or worry a lot, but there's somebody in their life that does. And so how do we help encourage them and help to point them in the right direction. You know, I think that there's, there's those women listening right now that are struggling with anxiety themselves, or maybe they aren't, but they can help somebody else that is. Um, And so I think this important, this conversation is just really, really important for on so many levels. Um, And, and so, you know, we've talked about these small moments, which I just, it's small, (laughs) obviously a little goes a long way. There is something about, it's like, that's, that's doable. We, we yes. can do that if we just, it's not so overwhelming when we focus on those small moments day by day and all these things that can add up to an intentional life. So what has this looked like in your own life? Like, what do we, it give us maybe some, like in, in a typical day, how do you, how do you live this out? Yeah, I can like break it down to like those seven different areas. Um, for one, for the heart is just choosing to wake up early. So that I can get time in scripture and quiet time with God before the start of the day, um, intentionally not having the phone anywhere near where I sleep, um, and being sure to spend time with God before I ever pick up that phone. I love all those apps out there and I have a Bible app and I will use that sometimes, but there is a portion of that very first part of the day. I don't pick up my phone to even use it. Um, just actual paper, <laughs> the Bible on paper, um, and just spending time with him in that way. And then I will use like tools otherwise in the phone, but being very intentional and keeping that far from me to begin with, um, for thoughts. One of those I just mentioned earlier was a breath prayer for mine. Um, Psalm 46, one, God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And so when I start to have these feelings of anxiety, or I start to have these thoughts that race in my head, I need to give it a place to land. And so I consciously stop my body as well to help stop my mind and then take the time to breathe in. And it takes about four seconds to breathe in. You hold for four seconds and then you breathe back out and you just do that over and over. Um, And that is general. That's one of the breath prayers I'll go to. Um, for relationships, it's just choosing to connect when I want to isolate. Um, it may be a text if it's someone who's far away or choosing to see someone face to face, even sitting down and writing a note and mailing it. Even if, if even if it's delayed, 
if someone has come to mind, write it down and send them a note because maybe when it gets to them at that time, that is when they need to receive it. Uh, when it comes to my home, lowering the bar on the expectation of what a perfect home is Amen. <laughs> and then choosing, yes, <laughs> choosing a small task that's achievable in that day. Um, yes, I will have laundry sit in a pile for multiple days. <laughs> Thank in fact, you. I had my kids the other day were using washcloths to dry themselves. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh. <laughs> like there is a whole pile. It's someone else can fold these towels. <laughs> so I, so just picking out a small, like this is the task I'm going to get today. And one thing I always am sure of is before I go to bed is that the kitchen is clean. There is something about waking up in the morning and walking into a kitchen that you're not instantly faced with work. <laughs> clean counters, the coffee is ready to go, something like that. Um, for time, it's being purposeful with Sabbath, choosing to rest. God know when he gave us Sabbath, he knew that it would not come naturally to us. But there is something in the choosing to rest and not keep working that places our trust in God, that he's going to keep working even when we aren't. Mm -hmm. um, being conscious of screen time, and that temptation to check out if life starts to feel overwhelming. However, I'll notice like if you'll start scrolling on something, if you stop and think about it, like what is the thing you're trying to avoid? A lot of times we will start scrolling or just check out on the internet because there's something bigger that we don't either want to think through or something we don't want to tackle. Um, money budget is huge here. If you don't have a budget, um, it's time to get one. <laughs> We just had, as we're recording today, Rachel Cruz's um, episode came out on a little money goes a long way. Yeah, there you go. Check out. So go check yes. that out. <laughs> yes. Um, choosing to stay off websites when it's really easy to add to cart. Um, choosing to not go into a store where you know you're just going to find something to walk out with. Um, instead, go walk in a park. If you're like, there's times when I have to wait on my kids between drop-offs and pickups for things. Um, I'm taking a book and I'm reading in the car or I'm going to a park and taking a walk and just being outside instead of going to Target where I'm going to find that dollar bin. <laughs> luckily, and, I don't have Target. Well, I say luckily. I wish I had a Target in my community, but I don't. And I think that that has, that has saved us a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then the last one is health. Uh, just choosing to move when I want to curl up in a ball and avoid um, going outside. There's been a lot of research that's shown just the mental benefits of just being outside and breathing fresh air. Even if the weather is not even that great, it doesn't even have to be a sunshine day. There's something about being outside that resets our mind and our souls. Oh, those are such practical tips. And I think that's something that we, many of those things, all of those things we can all do. And again, it's not like more to do, but like this is, this can become a natural rhythm to your day. Don't you think? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> you, you, you know, I think that it, it's also safe to assume I'm doing a lot of assuming today, but <laughs> that we want a life that matters. I mean, we're here, <laughs> we want it mm -hmm. to count. So how do you think that we can do that in the middle of like, mundane life, you know, our life can, it can feel really small. It's like, and we do, we question like, does any of this matter? That, that walk yeah. that we just took by ourselves, yes. you know, like what, what, what's your thoughts on that? Well, our soul's purpose is to live for God's glory. Our words and actions are to be acts of worship that point others to our savior. 
we t I know we tend to think we have to do big things in order to make a difference, but it's actually the small things of every day that make a life that matters. So extending grace to others, showing hospitality, not only in our home, but just in the way we greet others, giving generously, not only of our money, but of our time, those quiet moments of prayer, those still matter to God and making, even just like making a nourishing meal and sharing it with your family. So each of us were placed on this earth for a certain number of days. Yeah, we all know time is precious. So my book, Numbering Our Days, comes from Psalm 9012. Teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. This was a prayer written by Moses, a man that had been in the presence of God and had seen numerous counts of God's miracles. Yet his prayer still was for a heart of wisdom and one that acknowledged that his life was fleeting. So out of Psalm 9012, um, or specifically more Psalm 90, I pulled out this direction for us of how we can number our days. And the first part is recognizing the temporal. So where, we, where in our lives have we been consumed with the here and the now and lost sight of eternity? And then the number two, reconnect to the eternal. How can we take this area of life and reconnect it to eternity? And then third, refocus our intention. How can we be intentional with this area of life that it may give God glory and point others to him? When we can identify the temporal that's distracting us and instead turn our hearts towards an eternal perspective, our mind will follow that path as well. When recognizing the temporal and then reconnecting to the eternal, we can refocus our intention toward a life lived for Jesus and not ourselves. Mm. That's the hope. Certainly. That's the hope yes. <laughs> a little at a time. And so Nicole, as we start to come to a close, this is a question I'm tailoring to all of my guests based on the topic. So how mm -hmm. has a little number gone a long way in your own life? Yes. That little number is recognizing the small amount of time that I have been given on this earth to live for Jesus. That's recognizing the temporal and then being intentional each day to take small action steps that reconnect me to Jesus. That's reconnecting the eternal. And then intentional steps require a choice. We can't live on autopilot. By turning our focus towards small moments that give God glory, we can refocus our intention. Mm, I love what you did there. You told us <laughs> what we were going to do and then you just told us how to do it. It's so, so good. So Nicole, I know that I want to stay continued to stay in contact with you. I'm sure listeners are going to want to, you mentioned some of your resources um, earlier, but tell us again, um, some of those websites and social media handles and how to purchase your book. Yeah. So on my website, livewithintent.org, I have a blog that comes out weekly that just speaks on different areas of life from a mental health focus as well. Uh, I also have a resource page that has some free downloads um, to help combat anxiety. Uh, I also have uh, my book you can available to buy from there. Um, you can buy direct from me and I sign it and send it off with a prayer to you. You can also find it there on my website. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at Mrs. Nicole Suvar. Um, it would be good if you put the link because my name has an H in it and people often don't spell it right. <laughs> um, but there I often share my own struggles with mental illness as well as encouragement to live a life of purpose for God's glory. I do want to be mindful if there's somebody that is really struggling with some kind of mental illness today and, and needs help. Um, I know obviously they can reach out to you, um, but are there any other organizations that you would recommend 
um, that would be a great place for them, a great resource to, to help them in their, their time of need. Um, it is actually way more common than you think. Um, don't wait for someone to reach out to you. Just even a Google search, this is where I started, was trying to find a hotline to talk with. And I think I, I Googled Christian um, suicide hotline and I was able to speak with somebody. They directed me to someone local who was um, as far as a doctor to be seen and a list of counselors as well. Yeah. Oh, that's so important. And we're, we'll, we'll um, put something in the show notes as well, but I just feel like, would you pray for us as, as we close um, today for, sure. for everybody listening and what they may be feeling today and, and how, how the Lord will help us in any time of trouble. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. Father, we just lift up anyone who is listening here today um, in the future at any time. God, you know, each of our hearts, you know, how we, um, desire to serve you even in the midst of a struggle like anxiety. I pray that you would give us courage to be bold, um, to speak up if we need help. Um, we pray for those who maybe um, are wondering if they have a friend who struggles with this, that you would help them to be brave and courageous and to reach out to them. I pray that you would uh, give us a mind that uh, has an eternal focus, that we look to you, Jesus, for our every day and that we would live a life that would give you glory um, help us um, to number our days so that we may receive a heart of wisdom we pray this in your name jesus amen amen thank you yeah everybody listening today and uh, god cares about the one and he cares about you and he cares about how you live your days now and for eternity so thank you so much for everybody tuning in and and nicole thank you so much for being my guest this is such a impactful important um episode and so thanks for encouraging us to number our days and combat anxiety and to believe that a little number does go a long way yes thanks for having me Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with Nicole Suvar. We hope that today helped to encourage you to be intentional with your time and to number your days. This week, your little task is to ask God to show you who in your life might be lost. Look for opportunities to share God's love and affirm their individual value to Him. If you are interested in show notes, you can go and find me at Rachel Adams Author on Instagram or Facebook. I'd love to connect with you there. I'd also love to connect with you over on rachelkadams.com. There you can subscribe to receive your weekly love offering newsletter. And all this information can go straight to your inbox each week. You can also listen to previous podcast episodes. You can read the blog series. You can purchase significant merch. You can download free resources like the Mother's Day devotional guide, the friendship guide, and the conversation guide. You can also learn to leave a review for this podcast or for the A Little Goes a Long Way devotional. I would love and be honored if you would rate and review each of those things just so more women can find and hear this love offering message. Next week, my guest is Ann Nielsen. She is on the show talking about how a little object goes a long way. I can't wait to chat with you again then, but until then, I hope you have a terrific week. And as always, remember to lead with love.